Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Just want a quick note, 172 consecutive episodes in 172 weeks, not skip the beat, that's not too bad. But anyway, life could be miserable, life could be dark, we're here to bring you a little bit of light, a little bit of joy. Of course, I'm Bradley, and joined by the baby in the sky of Teletubbies, such as the sunlight he brings, I don't know, it's Joe. how you doing, it's Joe? <laughs> baby in the sky, yeah. Well, you know, that's more believable than there being a, a sky fairy who looks over all of us, I suppose. So, yeah, I'll take it. Do you know what? If God was a sky fairy, I'd be a believer. That would be nice. An actual sky fairy that, you know, dresses in dress, lovely dresses, makeup, wings and everything, just appeared as a them and just watch all of, all of the right wing philosophies just crumble because god is actually pro-trans that would be amazing yep yep or like just fairies improve everything however you define fairies they improve absolutely everything so you know you wash it up (laughs) yeah i mean they've got a good range of liquids so you know indeed so do i hey i've got your liquid right here no anyway uh that's not uh, but yeah, um, I don't know what I was going to say. Um, yeah, Tears of the Kingdom, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. Just to touch on that. Yeah, people like that game and don't like it when you don't like that game. Uh, that's always mm. fun. Yeah. Um, I just see, yeah, a lot of people turning around going, yeah, it's really good, but it's um, just more of the same, really, with some nuts and bolts, literally, added on to it. And it's like people going, no, no, it's the best game ever. How dare you? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's alright. Isn't it? It looks like a fun game. Yeah, isn't it weird how people emotionally like link their emotions with products? I mean, I know it's not just a product, it's a piece of art. But, you know, it's, it is a product at the end of the day, and you're allowed to be nuanced about it. You can say, oh, I like this, this, and this, but I dislike this, this, and this. It doesn't have to be, it's the best thing ever, or it's absolutely terrible, and then you have to argue to the death about it. I mean, it can't even be the best game ever because it's not even the best game of 2023, Stu. Well, no, and it's no Droplets, which, of course, is the, the best game ever. So. Well, no, no, that's Tetris. Come on, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Come on, <laughs> let's try and remain believable, Stu. Um, <laughs> but it's no Planet of Lana. Um, uh-huh. and, but before we actually get into it, we do the segues and stuff like that. Look, if you want to know what we actually think, you want a quick at-a-glance thought of what games we really recommend to you lot to, to, to watch, play, listen, whatever you do with video games. Don't care how you consume your games. You might watch them, listen to them, play them, whatever. Um, keep them in their box with the cellophane on, however you do it. We've got our MHG Awards. Um, it's not an end-of-year thing. Can't be bothered with all that. It's too much hard work. But sporadically, each and every year, we will have a list up of games that me or Stu, or both of us, really, really enjoy, and they will get a 2023, 2022, 2024, whatever, must-play award, and if you click on the homepage, you click on MHG awards, you can see, at a glance, what's there. And our inaugural games, that's the word, isn't it? Inaugural? Yeah. It are is. Terra Nil, which is a fantastic uh, reverse city builder, Killer Frequency, which you'll all get to play very, very soon, and it's fantastic. Um, I can't pronounce this one right. Stuart, can you pronounce your game correctly? <laughs> Theatre Rhythm, Final Bar Line. I can't pronounce it properly anyway. That one. 
Yeah. Uh, the Final Fantasy musical thing, yeah. It's really, it's really kiddie. good. Yep. And look, if we gave a game of the year award, I'd already give mine. It's Planet of Lana, which is spectacular in so, so many ways, if you love a good story. Um, and it's brilliant. It's four hours long-ish. Um, and I cried um, a few times. Um, and I want a movie plush. So there's that. But yeah, if you want to see throughout the year, for any time, see what we really like, check that out. And it's there. Links to reviews or podcasts or whatever it's all in. You'll see all that below each recommendation. So you can get a bit more in depth about what we really think. Now, how do I segue video games to video games, Joe? I'm sure you'll find a way. Well, talking of games of the year, not all video games are games of the year, Stu. So what have we been playing? I don't know. Good enough. I'll take That'll it. That'll do. That'll do. Um, and one day, I'm, I've, well, I've messed up many segues, but I've, I've got myself into a loop now. I can't not do a segue, even if it's bad. I've got a segue. I like it. Um, yeah. More segues. Than, no, not Clive Sinclair. he done the other thing. Whatever. The guy who drove off the uh, mountain with a segue. <laughs> I can't remember. It was the inventor of the segue, weren't he? Who drove off the mountain or something. I don't know. I think so, yeah. Am I making that up? I might be making that up. I don't, no, I I don't know right. what's real anymore. Talking about not, not knowing what's real, Stu. Oh, look at this. We've doubled it. Video games. Hey. Uh, it's the inception. It's the inception yeah. <laughs> of uh, segues, yeah. It's the... Yeah. There's layers. Just like a, just like an onion, there's layers. Um, oh, Jesus yep. Christ! Save me, Stu. Ask me the question. So, what have you been playing? There we go. Right. <laughs> so, do you know the French Revolution? Of course, you know the French Revolution. We was all. I'm there. aware of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We was all there. We know what it's like. Did you know that the French Revolution played Brad video game bingo? Did you know that? I didn't. No. Well, I can tell you now. There's a French Revolution game that has hack and slash Diablo-esque style games to it. It's an action roguelike with deck building options in there. Um, so we've got four corners in, in Brad Bingo. Yeah, it's um, getting there. <laughs> it's called Liberté. Join the revolution. It's actually just called Liberté, but it has a quite a large sub uh, tagline to it, which says join the revolution. So I assume that was the entire title. It's not. It's just called Liberté or Liberté. I don't know. It's got an apostrophe thing, not an apostrophe. What's that thing over the E called? An umlaut? No, it's not an umlaut. It's the other one. <laughs> An accent. Yeah, Liberté. It is, yeah. Liberté. There we go. Uh, they make a yoghurt or something, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they're the yoghurt people. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, what we've got is a sponsored game about the French Revolution from the people who make yoghurt. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, anyway, what, what you've got here is, um, is a isometric... It's, Technically not isometric for pedants out there, but for all intents and purposes, you've got this isometric Diablo style action roguelike hack and slash thing that's set during the French Revolution um, as its base setting, but it's got a lot of gothic horror, I want to say. Definitely some body horror going on in there as well. Um and you take the role of, I mean, to be honest, it's not all that memorable names, but of this person um, who's like somebody who's just a regular like person who lives in Paris during the time of the French Revolution. Um, and stuff goes on and happens and they get sent on a quest and they have to go through these various levels, hacking and slashing away, hence it being a hack and slash. Um, and 
while serving this mistress of another dimension in the French Revolution. It's weird. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, she's called Renee. That's it. Sorry, I didn't mean to shout there. She's called Renee. <laughs> that, that's the woman. I knew it was something typically French sounding. And then I just went, hello, hello. And I went, oh, it's Renee. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, I didn't even say hello, hello. That was just in my head. Um, Jesus Christ, what is wrong with me? Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you stupid non-binary person. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway, you go through all these different things. Uh, you, you hack and slash various different enemies, ranging from normal French Revolution-style soldiers in the army. And then you get maybe some other out-there-world hell demons of some kind that you've got to fight. And the cards you get allow you to get special powers. And you're doing all this to serve this 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 otherworldly person called Lady Bliss. Um, and yeah, it's, um, interesting is kind of how I could put it. The story's interesting. I like the mix of the French Revolution setting and the other, the other dimension stuff that crosses into it. Um, and I would say it's not like the creature design and everything that goes on. It's not, um, like, um, Geiger-esque or anything like that or Lovecraftian. It's um it's more I would say, do you know David Cronenberg body horror stuff? Yep. It's more in line with that, I would say, a lot of the, the creature designs and the stuff that go on there. And it's it's you know, it's it's a really interesting sort of aesthetic to it. And you collect these cards as you go through and say they give you different power ups, and then you, you go through, take out loads of different various types of million types of enemies, then you get your bosses, you will die, you can run again, hence the roguelite elements. Um and it's kind of got bits of loads of different genres. But it's um I've not clicked with it. And I don't know why. Um, it plays fine. The visuals, I think, are really nice. The story's interesting. But I think there's just too many bits going on that I'm just like, I just, I don't know. I, I'd almost rather a looter-type thing where you get, you can pick stuff up as you go and it allows you to progress the story. But not, this is one of those games where, you know what I'm like, so you know I love a roguelite. You know, and I will go, yeah, stick it in anything. I don't mind. I think this is one of those occasions where the rogue elements could be pushed to the side or the deck mm. building could be pushed to the side. It doesn't need both of those in there. Um, and it's, yeah, yeah it's, it, it's odd. It's good, but it just hasn't stuck with me. And I can't quite explain why. Yeah, fair play. I. <sighs> There does seem to be quite a bit of trend chasing going on at the moment, and I'm not I'm not entirely sure. I mean, the the, the indie scene is so massive; it's it's hard to say that there's like one governing trend kind of thing. But yeah, trend chasing is never a great thing. I mean, you know, trend chasing as opposed to just developing and progressing an existing genre that's great, you know, and taking it and making it better, like. Yeah, that Gun Guardians one that we were playing. Yes, that's it, really... I still play that from yeah. time to time. Well, I would if, you know, when it's got its full content, I probably will, but it's early access and, you know, needs needs a bit more stuff. But, yeah, when it's full, I'd definitely be playing it like, loads. But that moved Vampire Survivors on, which is great. And, yeah, I just... 
I don't know how many times you need to try and move on roguelike deck builders. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, no, I I, I, I agree. Uh, I, I like the idea of trying to go, like, can we do it rather than it's just a, a deck building card game. I, I do like that idea. And honestly, the deck... Right, so, the roguelike element on its own is good. The deck building element on its own is good. The Diablo-esque stuff battling hack and slash is good i don't think it needs all of those things at once yeah. um we've spoke about uh, previously about what we would like to see is take a setting or take a story whatever take a world and uh, do different genres within that world uh now when we've said it we don't actually mean all in one game <laughs> you could have done yeah. a diablo-esque hack and slash game first maybe Later on, a deck building card game to go alongside it as a, a you know, as a not, not, not a sequel, but another game in that world. And then maybe a full on roguelite as another game in that world. And then maybe take slight elements from what you've built on previously into those other games and naturally progress it, not shoehorn it all in one. Um, it's, you've got three good elements that actually all work really really well and are really well balanced individually just don't work together and i think it's a case of just there's too many ingredients in in the pie yeah yeah fair enough overstuffed mm. um, yeah i don't know if there's a french revolution pie but just pie came to mind yeah there were probably some toffs baked into some pies after it i reckon yeah and the big problem i've got with it as well uh, which is, it's not, I don't want to say problems because it's not a bad game. It's a decent game. Um, everything about it is decent. Uh, but it's well over 40 hours long according to how long to beat and stuff like that. Um, and I'm, I, I'm maybe six, seven, eight hours into it. And I look at it and just go, oh, I'm not even caught all the way through. <laughs> and I think I'm done. Yeah. Um, and that's never a good sign. But shorter if this was a 10 15 hour game i'd be going yeah do you know what i'm good with it i that that's a that's a good it just seems overly long as well and drawn out and but yeah i don't know it's i, I don't want to go all in because it's not a bad game i can't literally go oh this is bad and this is bad because of this um because every single element's decent but that's it they're decent and they don't bounce off each other well enough uh, but the one thing I do want to pick out on, um, and I didn't know this, but it is controversial within the community, I suppose. Um, it was advertised pre-release as being fully co-op, and apparently they've taken the co-op out and there's no co-op. Um, and that's oh. angered people. I don't know enough about the game to know how many people that's affected or, or anything like that, but it's removed something it promised in the build-up don't do that upon release because a lot of people would have purchased this game on the back of that, expecting that. If you're going to cancel that sort of thing, you've got to make it clear early. Um, so that's all I'll say on that. But I don't know enough to go in both barrels like some people have. Um, but yeah, yeah, it has removed content. Never a good sign. No, no, it can be a bad indicator. Um, I, you know, it's, it's push-pull. There's, there's some stuff on the, the consumer side that I'm not happy with like people expecting things and yeah. you know if if they're given enough information that something has been removed or cancelled before release yes. 
then that should be Fair good enough. enough. Yeah, yeah. It's in sense of entitlement. But yeah, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a difficult, it's a difficult. We would act. call out EA. We'd call out Square Enix, etc. If they done it, it's only fair that if. Uh, Super Static, who are the developers, and, and Sharp Publisher, who are the publishers, whoever it's come from, this decision, if it has happened straight on release or as the games come out, then they need called it out as well because it's only fair. Um, it's, do you know what? If they'd have released it with that in and it was broken, you kind of go, Indies, fair enough, you've got to give them some leeway that you don't give the multi billion dollar corporations. But that kind of fact needs called it out. It doesn't matter the size of the company. Yep, completely agree. Uh, so, anyway, moving on, can you improve things, Stu? <laughs> I definitely can, but a couple of couple of tidy ups first. First off, when I was when I said, "Oh, you stupid non-binary person," that's not me being nasty. Well, I suppose it yes. could be, but it, yes. <laughs> I'm not being nasty. Is <laughs> a, a pun on um, "Hello, Hello," the comedy series, the British comedy series set in the war. Where one of the one of the long-standing jokes was "you stupid woman," and I yes. was just doing a riff on that. Sorry, hey, but you didn't go you didn't go full on with the uh, the offence by doing the French accent with it initially. Not too strongly, yeah. <laughs> which then takes it, which bizarrely takes it out of context if you don't do the accent. Yeah, it does. It does. <clears throat> that was a huge success. That program all over Europe, everyone loved it. You know, uh, which is amazing to me. Why. Yeah, it was yeah. actually quite heartwarming. It wasn't a nasty program. I don't think it insult. Okay, yeah, there's a few of the jokes that maybe haven't aged particularly well, but I don't think it's set out to be offensive in any way, shape, or form. No, I'd love to see what um, LGBTQ plus IA people thought about it because I think there's yeah. a lot of good stuff in there that's you know queer facing. Uh, I really yeah. do. Um, but yeah, no, Europeans loved it because like. It took the piss out of the English as, as daft and yes, incompetent. Yes, we was the butt of the joke, despite yeah. it being an English comedy show, which exactly. is yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And it, it took the piss out of the French for being sex-obsessed, but, you know, that's kind of a backhanded compliment in a way. And it took the piss out of the Germans for being rigid. But, you know, they were all just... They were playing on funny stereotypes and the people were going... Yeah. Anyway, this is way Air, off topic now. Anyway, yeah, can we hair flick on to the next page? Oh, nice, nice. Um, oh, yeah, now someone's got their, their game back. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I've been playing, just to get back onto onto target, I've been playing a, a new game, a couple of months old, called Vernal Edge, and it had completely passed me by. Uh, I wasn't tracking it at all, and you know, I had no knowledge of it. And I was just having a look on like Open Critic at like best-reviewed games of the year so far, and it, it showed up, and I was like, oh, right, totally passed me by. And I think it's because... Most it hasn't been released on most platforms yet, and I've been playing it on Steam Deck. And as you do, yep, as you do, and yeah, it, it's it's a it's a real pleasant surprise. It's basically it advertises itself on Steam as a Metroidvania, but it's got Metroidvania elements, but it's more like a, a classic action platformer more than anything. And my constant drum banging, as as you'll know, is all about you know constructing really good levels is what what is missing from a lot of these types of games environments that are interesting that are well crafted that take you on a journey so like think about you know shinobi or strider or any of those sort of classic arcade games when they were the triple a releases of their day the reason why they were triple a is because 
yeah, they were dead short, but the level of artistry and thought that went into each level was really, really high. And if you just stick a load of identical levels in and then, you know, have a good fighting system and a decent progression system, it'll be good, but it, you know, it won't have that mastery, let's say. Anyway, Vernal Edge not quite there because it does have that kind of re- repetitive element in terms of design, but it's by an indie studio, so you know that's that's to be expected. But it looks gorgeous. The combat is fantastic, and I'll get into that in a sec. And it's it's quite big, but not overwhelming. And yeah, it's it's a, just a really good action platformer. And the thing that makes it stand out in terms of the action is that you have a, a, a really good move set that's quite intuitive and it has a good combat sort of underlying system and like so to to give it a bit of context it's a bit like devil may cry but in 2d so that's great you have little instanced arenas so you like go into an, a new area and like the doors will close and you, you're stuck in there fighting which is basically what happens in, in devil may cry and you have to do crowd management you have to be fast you have to use you can use like blocks and parries you can use slides jumps pa- uh, air juggles got all of that stuff it's also got a guard break which is brilliant because what it can do is it can have some enemies that have just a single level of guard break that and then you can hit them and you have some that have a several guard sort of blocks that you have to break and that means like crowd management as well which is a little bit like you know a uh, a belt scroller so it's got a really deep system that's quite intuitive it's yeah, you pick it up really fast it it's one of those like we're talking about building on it builds on 2d action tropes yeah. and in most cases makes them better it looks lovely um the platforming is chef's kiss it's although the design is a little bit cookie cutter the actual obstacles and furniture and stuff like that and the way that you traverse is really good and really satisfying and it's more instead of metroid which is like you have to pass a really high skill bar to get the most out of it this gives you a a really a kind of comparatively low skill bar with a load of tools to use but then says right we'll use them to your full extent and you can you can semi break things which is a great way of doing it and yeah so i mean it's not it's, it's it is something i'm raving about clearly um it won't land with everybody in a perfect way i've read some reviews from, I, I was like really kind of like oh it's got a really high score on open critic uh, i'll have a look at it on steam and it's got like Quite recent mixed. reviews of like mixed yeah and they're like oh you know you you're blocked combat is just in these blocked off arenas and you know oh well, yeah there's a lot of traversal and it's like well, right. yeah, but that's kind of all part Point. of it and deliberate. Yeah it's, yeah, it's like I get why you bounce off it, but yeah, because it's not a Metroidvania. And I think maybe them flagging it as a Metroidvania is doing it more of a disservice um, than a positive. But yeah, I would say it's one of those, it's like definitely one of my best of the year so far and just thoroughly enjoying it as an action adventure game. Yeah, the, my, my first thoughts looking at it is one movement left blah, 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 looks really, really good. The combat looks really, really good. I've, I've stuck it on my wish list um, to play when I've completed, I've got through a lot of my other stuff I've played. But the thing that stands out to me is this looks 16-bit. Now, I'll explain what I mean by this looks 16-bit. 
you see a lot of recent games that are 16-bit inspired, and they look beautiful. You can see they're 16-bit inspired, but they've got a HD polish to them. They look modern with that 16-bit aesthetic. Yeah. This looks like I could be playing it on a Super Nintendo or Mega Drive. It's got that slightly muddy look to it that had the 16-bit era had, and it looks so good because of it. Yes, it, it does. It, it really does look like a, a SNES game. <clears throat> but if... Yeah, the, if the next SNES was just an even more powerful, you know, a, a more powerful 16-bit styled machine, sprite-based style machine. Yeah, really lovely aesthetic. The idle animations are lovely, um, very much in that kind of Square Enix of the time. Well, just Square back then. Um, yeah. Before they started cancelling live services. <laughs> yep. Yeah, very much in that style and really, really high production quality values and... Um, kind of a little reminiscent of Guardian Heroes at the same time, so a bit of a treasure influence. So there's a lot of treasure in there, there's a lot of, a bit of compile, there's a bit of, you know, classic Konami. Um, Yeah, really, uh, really lovely to look at, and that that definitely helps when you're playing a game. I think definitely that's added on my wish list, uh, which I've got to have a clear out of soon. Um, But yeah, that looks really good. I'm going to give that one a go down the line. Um, nowhere near ready because I've got so much I've got to finish or actually start and, and what have you but yeah I like the look of this one yeah. and it says Metroidvania as well so I'm in uh, Metroidvania yeah. action platformer 2D yeah that'll do That that that's a few ticks definitely yeah tick a lot of people's boxes it, it's like um, that Flynn Son of Crimson but better mm. It's a bit, a bit Yes, harder. that went down really well, didn't it? I uh, really, really liked that yeah. game. And it's better. It's much better than that game. Sweet. Excellent. Well, keep an eye out on that one. Uh, you have to let us know if that gets a coveted award when you finish it. Or, sure yeah, will. That's a, that's a coveted award now. I've decided <laughs> everyone wants one of those. Uh, nice. We don't do scores. We just tell you whether a game's worth playing. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Moving on. Um, so it, it's really weird. Like we, we, we must be in tune with things when it comes. We, we don't plan these at all. Because I always think it's better not to plan. Because clearly we're professional. Um, Obviously. Always better not to plan. But we seem to always kind of find these um, links with the games we talk about. Now, you've been playing one that you really like. That's currently mixed on Steam. Um, in terms of its reviews. Um, and I've been playing uh, a game that is also mixed to my surprise. Uh, it's in early access, in all fairness, uh, but it's uh, the fourth game in the Cook Serve um, franchise. Uh, Cook Serve Forever, this one's called. It's in early access, um, and what you've got here is it's uh, just another Cook Serve uh, delicious style game where you get to, you have got to make dishes and you've got to press button prompts in time to make these dishes. Now. Where the previous Cook Serve Delicious games were about really managing a fast, busy kitchen. So you'd get these different orders coming. So you might have to make hot dogs, fries on the side, onion beans, burgers, like more extravagant posh meals and stuff like that. It was just really, really fast. And having to learn different combos to press at the right times to get it all right while managing what was off on the side. And it gave you an idea of what it was like to just work in this really, really busy kitchen and they are fantastic i love the cook surf delicious games um they are way too frantic for me the further they get into each game um, and i struggle with them but i absolutely love it i want more cooking games 
by the way. More cooking games. Let's bring more out. Yeah. What I played originally Cook Surf Forever in the Steam Next Fest in February, and I really liked it because what this does, it simplifies everything down to four button presses, four face buttons, um, using different ways. So you either tap, you hold, etc., etc., etc. And basically, what you do is you get this one dish, and at the bottom, you kind of get these button prompts. You might say, right, you've got to press A A A, um, or you might need to press A three times, B and then hold B, and stuff like that. And you could get different modifiers for each dish as well that make it more complicated but give bigger rewards. So you might get your prompts at the bottom come out going, right, A, A, A three times, hold B, and then press any button that wasn't the previous button. So you could press any button that wasn't B. Or you might get others that go, right, you've got to press not this, not this, not this. Um, and you kind of have to go through it. Uh, it's a lot more simplified, it's a lot more relaxing, and there's a story to this one. It's more visual novel than it is, um, like, time management, kitchen management type thing, uh, on the whole. And you play um, this this uh, young person called Nori. Um, Nori. Um, everyone's got food names, so I might be pronouncing it right, because, you know, her partner is called Brie, um, as in hey, the cheese. Yeah. And you're trying to... Uh, your hero's chef rhubarb or something like that. They're a TV chef. But everyone's got food names. Uh, by the way, quick note, her partner, Brie, both women, doesn't matter. It's not pointed out in any way, shape or form. More of this, please. I'll point it out yes. because I think it's great to see. Just so happens to be two women in a relationship as nothing to do with the story. Brilliant. Well Excellent. done. Excellent. But yeah, so it's really, really simplified and allows you to sort of like follow this story of you trying to become into this TV cooking competition to emulate your hero, meet your hero. It's only about 20% complete so far, the game. So it doesn't go as far in to tell you much of the story. And I'm going to be taking a break now until it comes out. But a lot of people complaining about the simplified controls. Going, oh, it's only four buttons. Oh, it's too easy. It's too casual. Everyone's going blah, blah, blah to the casuals. Uh, what I want to point out with this, Cook, Serve, Delicious 1 to 3 are still available and they're still brilliant. You don't need another Cook, Serve, Delicious in exactly the same vein. Because as much as I love Cook, Serve, Delicious 3, I played it in Cook, Serve, Delicious 2. It just so happened I was in a, in a food truck this time and I was trying to build that business up. It was pretty much the same game. So what they've done is, again, what stuff we've always championed and we love the idea of, they've taken the Cook, Serve world, They've actually taken the core mechanics and they've done something a bit different with it to tell a story this time and take you on that journey. Um, and I really like it. The simplicity is really good because it allows people like me who are idiots and are crap at games to actually enjoy the sort of game rather than going, oh, there's too much going on. My ADHD can't cope with it. Um and it tries to tell a story, and I really, really like it. Um, it's beautiful visuals. The, the storytelling is really good. The acting's pretty good in it. It's got quite a cast in it. So it's got, for people who really care, it's got uh, Maya Aoki Tuttle, who is in uh, the Legend, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Emmy Montgomery is back. She's done previous Cook Serve games. Um, someone show who voice characters in God of War and Boyfriend Dungeon and Jonathan Roberts from Triangle Strategy. So they've got some really good industry names in there. No real famous names, some really good industry names in there. Um, and yeah, I really like it. The food 
as always, looks really well done. Um, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Um, but it's accessible, and they promise that if you want it to scale up and you want it to be more difficult, that will be there. Um, I don't want that. I just want to enjoy the game, and that allows me to do that, but it will allow others to challenge if they need it. And it will have co-op. I've not tried co-op, but apparently it's got um, local asymmetrical co-op. I don't know what that means. Um, but apparently it has that. I've not tried it because I'm a sad, lonely person who plays video games on their own and don't want to play with anyone else. Uh, same here. <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah. Stop. Get, get out of my games. Let me just play my game on my own. Uh, but it's got that if you want to, you know, if you are in a loving relationship with someone else who likes games and stuff like that, it's there for you. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoy it. Others are a bit on the fence about it or outright going, no, I have a feeling I wonder if some people are a bit biased but don't want to say why they might be a bit biased against it because, hey, they don't want to be cancelled, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I, I really like it. And again, visually, it looks amazing because these games always do. But yeah. Early access, I would, unless you really, really want to join and support them and you really want to play as it goes on, I would suggest waiting until release because it is very limited in what's there at the moment. Nice. Nice. Yeah, we'll have to have a debate about <clears throat> early access again yeah. sometime in the near it's future. A complete, it's, it's a full game. It's a playable game. We're not on about, when we say early access, we just want to point out, it's not early access in terms of here's a couple of assets, have at it. It's a proper game that you can play. Stu, what you've been playing, save me. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yeah, no, that, that sounds like it's decent. And um, I'm going to keep my eye on it because I like cooking games. And what I've been playing has absolutely nothing to do with cooking whatsoever, although it does have slightly something to do with survival. And that is Humanity, which is a yes. Lemmings-esque game where you have a... 3D little world instead of a side-on lemmingsy, you know, one, where you have to navigate humanity, people, uh, from one side of the map to the other. It's as simple as that, really. And the, there's a couple of wrinkles that make it unique. They are first off, it's in VR. Uh, well, it's you don't have to play it in VR. It supports both regular screens and VR. Any game when you're playing a god and you have an avatar in the world. Or a fairy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sky fairy or thing. Or a fairy. <laughs> You've thrown me right <laughs> off track now. Um, <laughs> it, it works well in VR. And there's a lot of games like that. There's there's kind of like, not just direct control either, but you yeah. point there for the avatar. The avatar then goes to that spot and does things and blah, blah, blah. Um, Astrobot is like that. Moss is like that. You know, that sort of a thing. Anyway, so yeah, you've got this little white dog um, like in Akami, uh, that you control, and the dog barks, and people follow it because people love dogs. You know, it's true. Mm -hmm. And Fair yeah, cat. you, you, yeah, well, true. But cats would just be off everywhere and then licking their arsehole and put all the people be falling off the map to their deaths. So yeah, yeah dogs, no, dogs no, okay, cats. someone's got to make that mod. <laughs> that would be a good mod. <laughs> <Just> do <laughs> if it. you got put. If you got punished, like if no, sorry, if you got rewarded for how random the cat was and how many people you managed <laughs> to get killed, that would be perfect. That'd be a perfect inverted mod. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you, you guide people around the earth and you get different sort of abilities. So rather than it being you select actions from a, a list, you it's more action platforming in that you're 
your dog has those abilities that you can switch between things like you know pointing the people in the right direction so that they follow a line and don't fall off the edge to things like climbing and jumping and things like that and yeah it's so far really good really good so far i've not put as much time into it as i wanted because with it being vr i have to like you know go off put a headset on block myself off from the world you know and that's great when you've got scads of time but i haven't really got scads of time at the moment but i'm fitting in where i can and yeah it's really really good uh what i really like about it is it's kind of a little bit maudlin it's a little bit kind of sad yes um you know it's just got that aesthetic about it and in it but not in a terrible way in a kind of gentle melancholy kind of a way it, and it makes it's sense nice. that the the, the the dullness of it makes sense and gives it life bizarrely enough yeah that's right yes yeah it does because it's it stops although it's got simple representations of things it's very basic looking it because it's not cartoonish you, you don't it's not realism so you don't feel terrible and it's not cartoonish, so you're happy just throwing them around and letting them splat. Yeah. So it finds this middle ground of like you know making you care about it, which is really nice. And obviously, why they went for you know the Akami style wolf slash dog in in the center of it all. Um, so yeah, it's got a really good basis for a really good game, and I need to play more before I can say it's excellent. But I think the best thing I could say about it so far is I don't normally play these kinds of games, mm. and it, it's kept my attention. So yeah, so far, you know, two thumbs up. So when, when we spoke last week, I went, ah, oh, no, I'm going to have to wait on this. I've got too much on my plate. I'm going to have to wait. I can't get this game. Um, yeah. Um, I've, I've got this game, Stu. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I had to. Um, I'm getting so I'm getting slightly more in my because uh, all the uh, figures have gone up for people who are on Universal Credit and Pip and stuff like that. So this month I'm getting a little bit more money than expected before I need to adjust. I went, Do you know what? I'm gonna treat myself. It's enhanced. I love everything enhanced have done, um, even if it's not you know a uh, uh, you know a direct same developers from Tetris and, uh, and stuff like that. It's it's enhanced. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I really, the opening levels I've played, because I'm still in the middle of other stuff, but I wanted to give it a go, are really good. Um, I, I like the way it introduces new mechanics through the levels and everything like that. Um, and I love the fact that you can complete it in numerous ways. So you can either just go, like, take it as a full on puzzle where you experiment and it doesn't matter how many little people fall to their death because. And I love the way it explains this. People don't actually die. They may die, but they just come back through the door again. And I like that. It's a, it's a nice little yeah. little thing. So you haven't got to feel too bad. Um, especially if you're yeah. watching children just walk off the end of a <laughs> off the end of a of a platform to their Floating death. Platform. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, rebirth, well done. No one actually dies, it's all rebirth. Um in this world. Um and but you've also got the extra challenge of right you've completed this game by this this level by experimenting but you've also got these like golden giants in there as well that if you can save them then you get bonuses which can help you unlock other powers or other things later down the line that just reward you with extra stuff um which is has gameplay benefits but doesn't make the game unplayable if you don't get them. But it's just a really, really clever mix, I think. Um, 
And I like that idea of, right, to save these golden giant things, and to be honest, they look like Doshin the Giant, by the way. I can't get that out of my head that they yeah. look like Doshin the Giant. Um, they do. Yeah. They do, yeah. Um, you've kind of, then, you've got to kind of work backwards or learn to work fast. So you've got two ways of completing a level that change the gameplay for me. So you might get your your way of completing it, and then you go, right, can I now get all this in place really quickly? Or can I remember to do it backwards so that I'm not collecting the giant and walking the giant off the end of a platform because the giant doesn't come back? Um, And that kind of like upset me the first time that happened. I went, oh, oh, the giant's dead. He's dead. Poor Doshin. Um, Yeah. And yeah, I've I've not looked, played any yet but there's so many user created levels already um and it looks like it's got a decent um oh my mind's got black what's that word called where developers go hey actually look at these ones not like the crap one curated it's actually got a decent curated storefront well not storefront but like uh level creation suite where it goes these are the good ones this week that we've handpicked here's some auto-generated well-rated ones etc so and yeah that looks really good i i'm loving my early stages on this but like you i've not played enough of it yet to go where this might sit in our games of the year our must plays of the year yet but i've got a feeling this might well be in there yeah, it could well do. Yeah, and you you described you described the good parts of it way better than I did. Yeah, it's a it's a really good game, and I think if you got it, even a passing interest in this kind of a thing, or you like you said, if you like their previous games, then you should definitely check it out. Yeah. Visuals and soundtrack um, enhanced know how to do visuals, and they know how to do soundtracks, and it's all there. Yep, enhanced games, whatever they decide to charge, it's definitely worth paying. Yep. Uh, also, buy Lumidies if you haven't. I gave that another go um, the other day. The problem I've got with Lumides, again, I'll move on very quickly, is that you can't just play it for, like, five minutes each. Like, when you get halfway decent at it, you're in it for at least an hour. Yep. Um, and, yeah, that's my only problem with Lumides. I'd like to see a sequel that allows you to only, like, have a proper five-minute session or or something <laughs> something that doesn't force you in for an hour uh because you can't go ah oh, five minutes and i'll pause it because once you're in you're in because the music's good the visuals are good and you're just focused yes and and hitting suspend isn't isn't really no because you can't i've tried because... once you can't pick it up your brain just does not pick up where yeah. you were especially if you like yeah you if you're lucky you can suspend it during a slow level fine Anything above a really slow level, that's it, you're dead within seconds. Um, yep, anyway. and there are pretty much no really slow levels later on. They're either the, the cadence bar is really fast and the drop is slow yeah. or vice versa, so yeah. Shake your body, shake your body, shake your body down to the ground. Anyway. Indeed, yeah. Do you know who is quite famous for shaking their body down to the ground? Who's that? Go on. People who design railways, Joe. are they is that what they're known for i'm on my segway game so you know Uh, the fat controller he proper shakes his body so you know well when they're i suppose when they're using those digger things that you know shake they're shaking then oh this is desperate what are you playing bro uh railway empire 2 nice uh and yeah i don't know um this is my second game where i'm not 100 percent sure um, so I really liked Railway Empire on the uh, when I played it on the Switch. 
Uh, and um, I, I found it good, but I was looking forward to a sequel. And the sequel is now out because I thought it'd improve on things. Now, between playing Railway Empire and Railway Empire 2, I've played Transport Tycoon 2 on the Steam Deck. And when I spoke about Transport Tycoon 2 previously, I said it's the standard bearer for small screen UI, for console UI, and uh, inputs and controller inputs and stuff like that. Um, for playing on the Steam Deck and all those kind of things. And it is the standard bearer. Um, and what I found is Railway Empire just clearly developed before they've seen what the UI and the controls are here because it's a good game. The laying of the tracks and everything and the actual management aspects are really, really, really good. But the problem that you've got is that it's just finickety in all the wrong places. So, like it's got these button prompts, but they don't feel, like, right for the game. It's like, you kind of got to bring up these menus, and the menus are a bit awkward to read compared to what they are. When he wants you to, like, put tracks together, it kind of gets these auto-parallel things, which are really good, but then to actually get them in place, you've got to zoom right in, Like, and I'll be playing it on Steam Deck. Steam Deck doesn't like you zooming right in. It gets all, like... Um, Frame rate drops to like, like single figures almost for a moment as it tries to struggle to get back. And yeah. you try to get it like your cursor on one track and then it flicks to another and it kind of gets all that. And it just, it doesn't like all those bits and it becomes frustrating to play. Um, which is a shame because I say the game itself, the concept behind it, building train tracks and building an empire as it goes, and you get better and better, and transport with different types of goods is really, really good. It's just a game that seems to be let down on Steam Deck and, and things like that by its performance and its controls. If that improves, it's very, very good. If that doesn't improve, or they don't, you know, it doesn't like get fixed with patches or 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 mods or anything like that, then it just becomes a, a middling game. Where I go, oh, I'll just play Transport Tycoon again instead, uh, Transport Fever, sorry, in, instead because that's nailed how you play these sorts of games. Uh, what this does have that's really, really good, though, that is a million times better than uh, Transport Fever and even City Skylines and stuff like that, is when you ride the trains, um, and that the visuals are really good there for a game that's not an actual train simulator. Um, quite right. quite enjoyable doing that. Um, and it does have some nice quality of life features that, um, that um, Transport Fever needs, where it's like... When you get to a station and you need to sort of like go, oh, I need to make all these tracks cross over in certain ways. This knows how to automatically do those crossovers. Whereas in like Transport Fever, you have to go, right, I need a degree in engineering to work this out. Um, but <laughs> Transport Fever 2 is a lot easier to actually put those plans into place than it is to actually place this one simple thing that does it for you on Railway Empire 2 because the screen goes... Ah, no, I'm just going to jump and go, nope, don't like you zooming in this much. Nope, you're going to need to zoom out. Oh, because we had a start, you zoomed out too far, you can need to zoom back in again. Um, and you end up fighting with it that way. It's such a good game, but you've really got to fight with it to get the enjoyment from it. Um, I'm hoping it does improve. I'll, I'll give it a go on the 
uh, PC on the big screen when my eyes are up to it, and it might perform better there. Um, it's a shame because it's a really, really good franchise. It's a really, really good game. It just let down by uh, user interface and user experience, um, yeah. which is a shame. That is a shame. Yeah, yeah. It's all about that, isn't it? I suppose with these, these games, games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, especially as I've just, I, I've, I've like a game I picked up in on a in, in a cell, on a cell, in a cell. Odd sale, whatever. But I picked up a game called Plan B Terraform a little while back. I finally got round to playing it. And that has, um, despite having no official controller support on the Steam Deck, it has, uh, like, it works very well with uh, keyboard and mouse natural controls, but there's lots of community profiles for it, which is really good. And again, in all fairness to Railway Empire 2, I was playing it pre-release, there's no community input, so that might help improve things down the line. And others who know how to deal with what settings you should use to get the best out of it. So, again, that might improve. Uh, but playing Plan B Terraform, it's got a brilliant UI that is readable on the little screen, um, and it all just works with a good user experience as well. So, what I'd like to see the developers of this do, which is um, it's Calypso published it, and I think Gaming Minds uh, make the uh, make make the Railway Empire games. I'd like them to look at what other games are doing in terms of UI now, and realizing that you've got to look at does this work for console players as well? You might be designing it for PC in mind, but does it work for console players? Because the PC experience is no longer confined to keyboard, mouse, and a screen two inches from your face. It's now yep. a handheld screen two inches from your face with controller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, good point. Yeah, yeah, fair play. Uh, but th that's it for games, really. Um, I've had a really good week with games, actually. They've sort of like... Um, May's been busy for games, don't you think? <laughs> yes. <laughs> good God. Um, I, I There's just so many that I've I've been playing. I mean, I've got another four or five I could talk about now. I won't. I'll do some writing. It's what if I be to start writing again. It's going, I've not got enough room to cover all these in the podcast. Um, yeah. You know, it doesn't help I played through Planet of Lana twice. Um, which is, uh, you know, as we said off air, that's unheard of for me and you. Um, I played through it twice and I cried twice. Um, not full on blood, but like tears because it's beautiful. Um, but yeah, I've been doing that and um, I've also been fiddling around with some PSP games uh, because someone mentioned Wipeout and I went, oh, play some Wipeout. And then... Yes. I saw someone play the flying game, so I've been playing flying games. So I'll be playing like everything that's new that I've got hold of, plus loads of older games. Um, Project Windman's really good, Stu. You've played it that, haven't you? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. I like it. It's really good. It's really good. And then also, I did play the opening level of Ace Combat 7. Um, <laughs> there was a point to this very, very quickly before we uh, close up, but it's what a great escape video games still are. Um, every now and again, I, I go through a moment where I'm playing, playing games and I just go, am I still enjoying this as much as I can? Um, and then you play some stuff and it just goes, yeah, of course you are. Um, video games are still great. They're still the best entertainment. 
because uh, you could escape. They've got all kinds of emotions. Um, you could be challenged. You could be t like you could be challenged mentally in terms of how good at you at a game. You could be challenged in the way you think about things in a way that I still don't think movies and TV and books can quite do. Um, and you could have fun. You could take it seriously. There's so many different ways to enjoy video games. Um, and I think when you look at what we've spoke about this week, like the games we spoke about, we've just covered so many different genres and barely scratched the surface. It's amazing, isn't it? It is. It is amazing. And I, I, I do try and fight against my biases and try and try and you know push myself in different directions as much as I can because, it, like I said last week, it, it's worth sometimes just investing a bit of cash into something to see if you can draw some entertainment out of it doesn't mean you have to complete it doesn't mean you have to spend a lot of money doesn't mean you have to like the genre going in sometimes just experiencing it is a, is a good enough thing to do just so you can get a new you can say that you've had a new experience and there's not much that does that like games can it, it really you know really quite unique like that oh yeah definitely um and it's smart to make because, I, listen, I know not everyone's going to think what I think about Planet of Lana. I've already seen that across certain forums. Um, people are going, oh, it's no challenging. It's not meant to be challenging as a game. It's a, it's a journey. Um, and it's, yeah. sometimes it's okay just to be taken on the ride. Because um, I pointed out, like, I can... The problem I have sometimes with movies and TV, and I'm discovering this now, the reason I've got these problems is my ADHD, it's the autism, etc., etc., is you have to watch it at their pace. Whatever that creator's decided, that's the pace you have to take in that story. So if you miss something, you've either got to fiddle about rewinding, which can piss off the person you're watching with, or you have to just accept that you've missed that thing or you've not interpreted it properly or whatever, or do repeat viewing. With a video game, and especially something like Planet of Lana, which where it's really good, is you get these moments that happen, and then you almost get these downtime moments, which just involve you maybe pressing right on your stick and you walking for a bit. But what they allow you to do is even just stop, take your hands off the controller, and take it in at your own pace. Um, and I think, again, that's something very unique that video games can do that a lot of other genres can't. And that's really good. Again, when we talk about user experience in video games, it's not just, does the button press work? Or does it take you through these menus properly? That user experience, is there a point that allows you to reflect? And does it need that point to allow you to reflect? And yeah. that is what user experience is about as well. And um, some games nail that. And with that, I'll shut up now. Okay, so that'll be it for this week. As usual... Follow us on all our socials, check out our content on the website, join our Discord if you want to chat with other like-minded people, and other than that, have a good week, stay safe and stay sane.